This podcast is a part of CGN Media, a podcast network that points to Christ. We are supported by listeners like you. To help us create more great shows, visit cgnmedia.org support. Hey, we wanted to share some recent content with you from our 2022 When She Leads conference, where our theme was Breaking New Ground, taken from Hosea 10:12. Here is one of our breakout sessions. All right, I think we could start. I'm pretty sure this is our group. If a couple more people join, we can catch them up later. But my name is Krista Fox. Um, I'm going to share today on victory and trauma. I hope it's a blessing. But let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for our time. I thank you for each woman sitting here. I thank you, Lord, um, just for what you're doing in our lives, Lord, and uh, this topic of trauma and the hurt. Lord, it's never easy, and it's hard, Lord, and those of us who have walked through this, who are walking through this, Lord, um, I just pray for each one of us here that you speak to us, Lord. I pray that you open our hearts to what you have for us in this. Um, and use this time, Lord, for your glory, but Lord Jesus, also to heal some hearts here, Lord, today, and to begin that process, Lord. It's such a long process, Lord, so I pray that you touch each and every heart here um, to begin healing in what they're wanting healing from, Lord God, um, and I just pray that you use this time. Amen. So, like I said, my name is Krista Fox. I am, a, just a little bit about me, I've been a missionary the last eight years in Brazil, northern Brazil, Belém do Pará, which is like at the mouth of the Amazon, um, up until a couple weeks ago. And so now my husband and I are in our kids. I've grown kids, 21 and 18. We're in transition um, to California, so we're going to be here with you guys. Yeah, I've been here five days and it's been crazy and fun, and there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, so I've been serving there. My We planted a church. My husband's a senior pastor there, um, or was, I guess. We started ministries there. I work with individuals in prostitution and human trafficking, and a lot about what we're going to talk about today I developed for the work that I do um, for prevention education in the river communities up the Amazon, but it's really been developed further to just be useful to anybody kind of dealing with trauma, or not just trauma, but crisis, especially hurt, especially when we look back in our lives. What I found as a Christian worker in ministry, um, a lot of people have a lot of abuse in their past, a lot of hurt, there's infidelity, there's a lot of things that, have, that we have come through or that we've walked people through. Um, and so I think that, oh, it's so loud. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk louder. Um, but I, for today, I'm going to ask you guys to take this more personal into your hearts. Were any of you here for the conference in October? I did a tr counseling. So this might look familiar because it's kind of like um, the heart, of the meat of it a little bit. And, but I'm going to ask you guys to use this practically. And so it's going to be a very practical. Hello. Oh, sweet baby. It's going to be very practical. And I'll walk you through it. Um, I am a counselor. I have a master's degree in counseling. I'm getting my doctorate in counseling focused in traumatology. And so this topic of trauma and suffering and, you know, it's, it's big on my heart. Um, not just for individuals in our church, but out in the world, like the refugees and the war-torn. So it's far-reaching. Um, but I do know as a pastor's wife uh, that trauma is everywhere. And sadly, we see this with 
women that we work with in our own lives um, as well. So let's get started. Um, you guys have any questions about that first? Anything for me? As we go through this hour, it's going to be, I hope, really interactive. And so I don't want to just be talking and sharing, but I want you guys to be using this as I explained to you and thinking about your lives. But then if you have questions, let's talk about it. Let's discuss these things. So some of the other sessions, the workshop, they might have Q&A at the end. We're just going to be talking as we go, okay? Um, all right. So trauma, crisis. I'm going to ask you guys to think about your lives. I'm going to ask you to think about your past growing up. Um, you can think about your mom or your dad. And we're going to look at it first in relation to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. So let's read that verse together. Is there anybody there that can read it for us? 1 Corinthians what? Um, 13, 4 through 7. Okay. Um, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. All the way to eight. And just love never ends. And as we look at this verse, this is going to be the beginning of when we what we're looking at in our own hearts. And the reason I start with this is because it's so amazing to me, who I didn't grow up in a Christian home, I wasn't introduced to Christianity like intentionally until I sought it out myself. My mom tried to do a good job with that, but I just wanted to do my own thing. And so when I understood what love is and what love is not, I really had a clear understanding of kind of what I was doing before in my past. So I'm going to use my testimony to kind of help outline this. But again, I want you guys to use your own lives. And if you're thinking back to your mom or dad, um, it could be husband, it could be whatever it is, I want you to really look at in your life right now these examples of good love. So for me, I grew up in a home. My mom's been married and divorced three times. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, he died when I was 18. And when I was 14, I was a runaway to the streets of San Francisco. And you can imagine nothing good happened as 14 and run away to San Francisco. You know, staying there for a few weeks. Normally, that's like what would escalate somebody's testimony. You know, you kind of work up to that. But I really started strong. I have a really strong personality. So it was like, just go. So I was into all different types of drugs, including heroin and crystal meth. And that was kind of the beginning of my story. And I didn't understand then what I was doing. I thought, oh, I just like to have fun. I'm just a partier. You know, I, you know I'm doing these things because I wanted just have fun. As I got older and the Lord showed me what was really going on, I understood because I had these deficits in my heart. If you guys look through your handouts, you'll see there's really just, you know, it looks like a little kid's worksheet, but that's a heart. There's cups. And I really view this when I'm counseling people. When I talk to people, I ask them to think about their heart. So as you guys are thinking right now of your lives, um, I want you to think about your mom or your dad, somebody influential in your life growing up, and look at these verses, this verse, verse by verse. And so let's talk about love is patient. When you think of your own lives, and please write it down because you can continue this as you go home as well. When you think of your lives and you're growing up, 
Did you have example of what patient love is? Did you have a parent who just was so tender and so caring with you that there was patience? If you did, write it down. You can just put a check mark. This is on this page right here. Mm -hmm. We're looking to see where you guys received good love and maybe when you did not receive good love. The one side of this is healthy love, godly love. The other side is examples of unhealthy. We're going to look at the examples of healthy first in your own life. So for me growing up, as I told you, I had examples of patient love a little, but not exactly. I had a single mom and she tried her best, but it's very hard when you're doing everything. So for me, I would write down you know, yeah, there's some. I kind of have a check mark there. What about love is kind? Think of your relationships, whether in the past or not. Are you understanding? Are you receiving kindness in your heart, in your love right now, in your life right now, in your past? If not, you can leave it blank. Again, we're looking back to bring understanding. And not for this blame. Is more than childhood, though? Are we talking childhood? You can use it for whatever you want. I use it for childhood a lot because it's so um, helpful to see kind of what we're doing now. But if there's something going on in your life now that you're wanting to understand more, use it for right now. If it's a husband or if it's a kid or if it's something else, use it for however it's going to benefit you in whatever you're walking towards. Because the point of understanding what healthy and unhealthy love is is to understand when you're not receiving unhealthy love. Not for me to come in and be like, oh, you're being abused. You're having, you know, there's these issues. Not for me to tell you these things. It's for the Holy Spirit to bring understanding. And when you understand these things because the Holy Spirit told you, then there's going to be a real change. Then there's going to be understanding. Again, not for blame. Love is kind. The next one is love protects. When you look back in your life, and we're going to talk about childhood, were you protected? Did you have a mom and dad who looked after you? Did they do anything they could to protect you from harm? Was there discipline in that because they loved you? Often when I come to this part with Love Protects, with some of the women I counsel and disciple, and it'll take maybe a few weeks before we even get to this when we're doing one-on-ones. They'll say, no, their mom overlooked some things that caused them, led to abuse later. Maybe they weren't being the mom, that hands-on mom, or paying attention to things that maybe the child thought they should pay attention to. And in turn, some things happen. And so, again, when we're looking back, it's important to remember we're not doing it to blame, but we're doing it to understand. So really think, really think through in your past, did you have examples of love being protecting you in protection? And again, if you're doing this with about your husband or somebody else in your life right now, you can just plug that into to whatever relationship you're thinking about. Love trusts. Do you have examples of this godly, healthy love that's trusting? If so, write it down. Love always helps. Have you experienced this helpful love? 
Love rejoices in the truth. Have you experienced truthfulness in your relationship as you look back? Or was there deception? And love preserves. Have you experienced this long lasting love looking back at those most important relationships of your life and your mom and dad? Did you have that? Did it persevere through trials and through maybe terrible things that we did? Or was it hot tempered? Was it short? You guys might not be able to fill in all of this right now and that's okay. It's just meant to be a start to the Lord revealing more things in your heart, um, especially about whatever relationship that you're focusing in on right now or wherever there was hurt in your life, whatever you're, the Lord's wanting to show you. But it, it's just amazing that there is a way that we are to receive love. And when we do not get these things, we do have deficits in our heart. We have these, these, um, these wounds, these, I'm thinking in Portuguese now, we have these bases. Um, Oh, she speaks Portuguese. Emptinesses in our hearts. And so we have to keep in mind what we what we needed to get according to God's word and then what we didn't get. So we can understand later what we've been filling that with. And this is going to help us understand our heart more. This is going to lead to those cups. So you guys, do you have a good start on the healthy, godly love side? Do you have some things? Now quickly just look over your list and see, man, did I? is there something lacking there? Does everybody have something filled? I know for my life, I'm lacking in some of this love protects. I was kicked out of my house when I was 16 years old, and I didn't know if I was going to be on the streets. I got kicked out of high school. Um, I lived with a friend and her family for years. And so when I get to love protects, and I think about my childhood and growing up, um, I, don't, I, I haven't had a very hard time with that because that's not the protection that I was supposed to get. That wasn't the love I was supposed to experience in that. And because there was lack in that, and because I didn't have my, dad's, my dad around, then there opened myself up to a lot of other hurt later. So that is empty for me. What about for you guys? Is there anything that you want to share? Or, and you don't have to, when you look at your list, is anybody surprised about maybe how many blanks they have here? Not surprised? Does anybody have an example of all of these growing up? Yeah? That's great. That's good. And even in the best of homes, there can be weaknesses. The next, pa the next um, part of this is looking specifically kind of at moms and dads and husbands and wives. Um, all right, so let's look over to the next column, this ungodly, unhealthy love. Sadly, this is where a lot of us find we have a lot more experience. And for those that don't, praise God, right? But a lot of us have a lot more experience with ungodly, unhealthy love in our lives. So let's look through that. What is love not? According to God's word, love is not envious. It doesn't envy what we do. It's not going to be jealous of what we do. It's not boastful. Again, as you guys are thinking through that relationship or relationships right now, in particular to the study, if you have examples, write it down. Love is not proud.
It's not rude or easily angered. I, in part of my testimony, I had an ex-boyfriend who was very mean, who would be a little abusive, and that's a, that's a love God never wanted us to experience, is abuse. It's not self-seeking. And the last one, it does not rejoice in evil. As you guys are looking at your list now, and you're thinking about that relationship, do you guys have more on the unhealthy love or more on the healthy love? Who has more on the unhealthy love side? I would. I usually do. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, yeah I please. I was looking at love, patient, but you see, when I see uh, love is not easily anger, so I grew up in a lot of anger mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does anybody else want to share anything that they're noticing just on this very beginning stages of what healthy love and godly love is and what is not? Is anybody kind of surprised when they look back and they're like, oh, I really thought that was a nice kind of behavior or thing? Because some of us don't, yeah. So we think it's normal. Mm-hmm. And... But not because really. It's, it's still not. there. Yeah. Because people say, you know, when you did your amends, did you was your father ever on your list, a resentment list? And I said, well, no. Why should he? Be? He was not the perfect dad. Mm-hmm. I'm in such denial about that stuff. Yeah. But even my mom, yeah. you know, doing the best that she could, she was still not perfect. Yeah. And that's why it's so important when we're doing studies like this. And I always remind people, I'm like, it's not to blame. It's not to blame. It's to understand. Even in the best of homes, there were things that got messed up. Because why? We're not perfect. I have my own kids that I mess up, and I have to go back and be like, I'm so sorry. I messed up in this. And I know that if they went through a study like this, they could, thinking of my relationship with them, they'd be like, yeah, my mom, she got easily angered sometimes. You know? Um, but do I want them to walk in freedom in that? Absolutely. Do I want to walk in freedom in this? Absolutely. I didn't want my past to hold me back because I've had three dads and my dad died as well. And, you know, we don't want this. But we have to address it. And we have to think about it. One of the most common things when we I go through these studies, I've done it with people in the States, I've done it with indigenous um, Indians up the Amazon, and I've done it in youth prisons. And it's amazing to me that... It, it, it just crosses all culture, it crosses all bounds, it, educational level, it doesn't even matter because this is God's word and this is what God said we need. When we don't have these things, we're going to be damaged. That's what happens. 
And he is very clear, like, this is good love, this is healthy love, and this is not. And so let's look at what is, what's happened to us that is healthy and not, whether it's trauma or crisis. Um, you know, and I don't want you guys to bring up your trauma and crisis, you know, this between you and the Lord right now. We don't have time to go through that with everybody. But this is what we need. This is what's going to show us. Not me or somebody else saying, oh, that happened to you. That's terrible. That person's a terrible person. No, maybe not. Maybe they just didn't know any better. And maybe they weren't taught. Like your dad. Like my dad. Like my mom. You know, there's no room for anger in that. But there is room for understanding. Because that's when we're going to grow. That's when we're going to be unleashed from the stuff behind that we're pulling through. And so when you kind of look at this first, these first verses, because this first Corinthians, it's used in weddings, right? We're used to hearing it all the time, like it's joyful, and it is. But think about when you don't get these things. Think about your heart and the damage that happens when you have more things on this side, the unhealthy love than on this side. What happens to your heart as a young girl growing up? You are compromised. You are open to all sorts of vulnerability. If there was abuse, if there was trauma, different types of trauma, if there was um, whatever there was, neglect, that all fits in the unhealthy love side. And so when these we carry these things through, it does affect us until we deal with it. It doesn't really matter how old we are. If we haven't dealt with it, it's still there. And so... You guys will take this home. I hope that you continue to use this first page. We're going to continue to work on it until we get to the last page in our little packet here. But um, as you guys go home, I do hope that you can continue to really think more intentionally on these because we do have to be a little fast right now. But think of each one of these very individually with, and take each relationship individually. I like to ask people first, look at your mom or your dad. We're talking about my mom because it's part of my testimony, but I'll bring my dad in as well. But for you guys, look at each one very specifically with the Lord. Just go through and be very honest because you know, the Lord knows. And then what the same thing for the unhealthy and ungodly love side. So as you guys are looking at your little T-graph here, keep in mind what's more full and what is lacking. For me, if I was filling all this in, I would have a lot more on this side with the various relationships. Um, as I said, my dad was an alcoholic. He died when I was 18. I've had abusive boyfriends. Um, I just wasn't walking with the Lord. You know, I got kicked out of my house. All of these things, they were damaging to a young, young person's soul and heart. And so my example growing up, not because I, my parents didn't want to love me or because these people in my life, they were bad. I believe they just didn't know. They just weren't taught. But I was still damaged. So I carried all of this, all of this. You know, I had all of these examples of anger, love, you know, joy, some rejoicing in evil, which is sin, right? And um, this envious love. And I was really lacking this godly, healthy love. So I'm going to... I want you guys to keep that in mind as we move to the next, the next page. The next page looks like this. So this is looking at husbands and fathers, wives and mothers. Whatever relationship you're thinking about, I imagine most of you are thinking about past, 
moms and dads, I want you to really look at those relationships in regard to these verses. And so for me, I'll use my life as an example. Um, it's so amazing to me, too, that God has such such things to say about every aspect of our life. And so even with husbands and wives, moms and dads, like there is roles that they have to do. And that, again, when not done, it affects us. Um, and so for husbands and fathers, it says in Ephesians 5, 25, 26, they're to be the servant priest over his family. When I look at my home and my family, again, my mom married and divorced three times, alcoholic dad. He was not this. So I have no examples of this. So I just have an X there. For you, I don't know. This is a time for you to self-reflect. Was your dad the servant priest over your home? In 1 Timothy 5.8, says he's to work to support his family. Being the bad alcoholic my dad was, he didn't. Did your fathers work to support your family? And no matter how late he was out drinking, he did do that very well. And that's why this study is good, too, because there could be things you're like, man, there was a lot of lack. But... There was also some things that he really did or she really yeah, did. Yeah. And it's really important when you're working through things to remember the good things, to remember those positives because sometimes the bad is so easy to outweigh that good. And you kind of forget all the hard things they did. You just focus in on mm -hmm. the bad things. Was your father a witness to the Christian a witness to the Christian faith to his family? I would say, no, my dad was not. I never saw him, really. And when I did, he was drinking. And in the stepdads that followed, no. I'm just putting X's by mine. Makes it faster. <laughs> and you guys can put checks for yes or X's for no. The most important thing is that you just have a visual representation of what was done and what was not done. Ephesians 6.4 said that they're the teachers of the family. And how do you mean that? Is that applicable to them? To this is applicable. We're talking about husbands and fathers. Yes. So, if the, yeah, teaching the family, I think in the Christian faith, and just teaching them of things in life in general, too. So, again, for me, it's no, because be, he wasn't there. It would be no for me, for my dad, because he wasn't a Christian. But there were So but, that's a good, yeah, he, it's like half and half. Yeah. Heavily, he still Yeah. I would do so half and half then. He must have saw that maybe growing up and that was important to him. Mm-hmm. 1 Thessalonians 2.11, it says, He makes time to train and to disciple his children in faith by exhorting and encouraging and comforting them. Well, you guys know a little of my story, so no for me. But how much do we would we love? I would have loved somebody to come alongside me as a dad and exhort me and encourage me and disciple me and discipline me. I worked at an at-risk um, school many, many years ago in Colorado, a high school. 
And one of the kids there had told me something I'll never forget. He was probably 15 or 16, already a recovering alcoholic, living with his grandparents who were in their 80s, 90s, and of course not getting much attention from them. And his parents were very um, addictive. And he would do drugs and drink with his dad. And he told me, he's like, I wish that my dad and mom would have disciplined me. He wished that. Here's this kid who's at a, he'd been kicked out of his high school and already an alcoholic. He wished he had that. And why? Why would he have wished that, do you guys think, that he had discipline? Because the parents love the children. They give them boundaries. They yes. Say, I don't want you to get past this because this is not good for you. Yes. If you don't give them boundaries, then you're letting them explore sin. Yeah, and even the Bible says the Lord disciplines those who he loves, his children. And so we do feel this lack of love when we don't have that. And so for you guys, and I don't know about that, but for me, I know I would have loved that. And so as I look at my heart, which we're about to in a minute, I do know that there's some areas in my life I still have to be very careful in because of these things. But I wouldn't have known it had I not understood what I needed to receive in the first place. All right, let's go over to wives and moms on the other side. So that was husbands and fathers. Now this is on the other side right here, wives and mothers. And remember, this isn't an exhaustive list. Um, this is just, you know, a small examples right now. But First Thessalonians, for wives and mom, was your mom gentle? She is to be gentle with her children, First Thessalonians 2.7. Did she nurture you? I know from my mom, because she was a single mom, she worked full time to provide for my sister and I, and she wanted to be gentle and nurturing, it's hard to do these things when you're busy. And so for me, there was kind of like you were saying, like a half and a half. Uh -huh. Like I have a plus minus sign. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, my list continued to develop. Everything on my dad list was X. The mom list is kind of, and then half and half. First Thessalonians con continues to say she cherishes or tenderly cares for her children. When you think about your mom growing up, did she ter tenderly care for you? Did she cherish you? Did you just feel like she would do anything for you? And in Titus 2, wives to love their husbands and children be self-controlled and their children and be self-controlled. Was your mom like that? Was she self-controlled? Did she love her husband? Did you see that? My dad was her third husband, but I didn't know that until after she passed. Wow. He was just her second husband. But, um, yeah, she had a lot of bitterness, but there was times she was self-controlled and she wasn't, and there's ways that she showed love, and there's other ways she wasn't capable of love. Yeah. yeah. But as I got older, I had to look back, and I have no idea why 
lot of it made more sense, so I had more compassion. Mm, yeah, yeah, it does help. Yeah, I have to bring understanding. Yeah. yeah. The last example on the list, did your mom give of herself to do what is best for her children? I can say for me, she did, because I know that she didn't want to go and work and be gone all that time, but I know she had to. Um, and so, yeah, she fulfilled that. As you guys look at your list, I'm very messy, but you can see mine. You can see my dad list. There's nothing, right? And this is what the Lord has said that my father needed to give to me, just as your fathers need to give to you. And you see my list of my mom. A couple check marks, most of them were half and half. And so often when I go through this with individuals, especially younger people, they will have a list that looks like mine, that's like no, you know, and it's very sad and very common to have the dads who are not there, not doing these things. But here's what's interesting. A lot of women say then their mom had done everything. And they're like, yes, she was cherishing. Yes, she was tender. Yes, she did it. Yes, yes, yes. And so it's interesting because moms and dads have very different roles in the family. And so if it's true that the dad did nothing and the mom did everything, how is that possible? How is it possible that the mom can do all of her things and at the same time still do this? It's impossible. So already you're going to have compromises. If you have a list that looks close to mine, where there is nothing coming from what the Lord had said we needed from our father, you can be certain that you're missing something from the mom's side. Why? Because she's going to be needing to do what the dad was supposed to do, and vice versa, right? So it will be impossible to have, even for us, we can't fulfill all of this if the other person's not fulfilling their side. So there's going to be compromises. There has to be. It's impossible. Um... A lot of people are surprised by that, but it makes sense, right? Like, there's no way we can do both roles 100%. If the dad's not doing his, then I'm probably going to step in and do it if he's not there. And that means something's going to be taken from my time in this, whether it's my patience, whether it's being tender, whatever it is, and that's going to trickle down to the heart of my child. And it did with me. Because my dad did not do these things, and so my mom did. And so the things that were left for her to do, there was very little time for her to do them. And so again, then you think of this heart, of this child. And then we go to our hearts. You can look at your list. Of healthy love unhealthy love mom and dad and you can label them whatever you want mom dad husband church friends whatever it is but for me since you know a little of my story with my mom if I said okay according to God's word just briefly what we went over did my mom do everything the Lord had commanded her to do where would you draw this line was it would it be completely full just overflowing or would it be halfway empty? Or would it just be a little, a little low? What did she do according to God's word, according to what you see? Where would I draw this line? 
What does the statement mean on the yeah. top? Compromises, voids, and hurts. So this is where we're going to learn about the compromises and the voids and hurts that came from our list. So um, as we go through, I'll show what we're putting in. Yeah, because this is what's coming from these absences here. So you said half? Okay. I would say about half for my mom. So according to God's word, when we looked at healthy love, unhealthy love, and the role of mom, my cup in my heart, very basic, right? Very simple of what the Lord had said my mom needs to give me. I would say it's about half full. So now we get into the compromises and the voids. So what's here? What's in this top part here? It's empty. It's empty. And so these are the compromises. These are the voids. What did I do in here? What did I put here? This is where you're going to begin to understand what you put in to that emptiness because of what wasn't what you didn't receive. But before we get there, let's look at dads. All right, so we looked at healthy love, unhealthy love, dad, my dad list. Where would my line be for my dad? Would my cup, like, runneth over? Or would it be a little low? Where would you draw that line for what the Lord said he needed to give me in order to not have compromises and voids in this area of my life? Empty? Well, he did a little something. I mean, I'm here. So, you know, <laughs> and so I would draw it very low. Again, then, what's, what's remaining? There's a lot of emptiness there. So there's emptiness there. I could say church growing up. My relation, I didn't have a relationship with the church. I was very angry with anybody in the church. I felt very judged by them. I wasn't a Christian until I was 24. So very, very minimum. Again, a lot of empty. Before we move on to look at the compromises that were done because of these voids and hearts, why don't you guys take a minute and look at your hearts and kind of put your line according to your your graphs, okay, on your own paper. So as you guys are looking at your heart cubs, do you see some empty places there? Are you surprised a little bit by kind of the level of the emptiness? Or have you, did you already know it? You already knew it? What about you guys? I was a little surprised when the Lord was showing me these things a long time ago. I thought that the things that I was doing, which turned out to be because of these emptinesses, like I said, I thought, oh, I'm just a party person. I just really, you know, that's not true. Because this next part now is thinking, what did you put in this emptiness to fill it up? Because nobody wants to feel empty. Nobody wants to feel lonely. Nobody wants to go around, especially when we're young feeling like this and you will a hundred percent feel this with something and so whether it was through trauma that had made created these emptinesses for you whether it's through crisis I'm not sure what it was for you it, it's something for all of us something very different but we are still left with these empty spots so now that we see the emptinesses we know first 
what we needed according to God's word. We know what good love is now. We know what unhealthy, ungodly love is now. Nothing can change that. We know the roles of moms and dads. We know what we were supposed to get and what if we didn't get. We know that. That's truth. We also know then what's lacking. And this is the very hard part because this gets into the things that we don't really want to feel. Um, especially if these things happened a long time ago in our lives. Very hard to think about it. Often when we get older, we don't want to think about it. We don't want to talk about these past hurts or traumas because we begin to rationalize them, especially if it's in our family. Well, they just didn't know. You know, and then with our adult brains, we begin to understand, well, they did this because of this. I can justify this because of this. Um, whatever it was. And the fact is something happened. Some compromises happen. And what did we do in these things then? And so now, if you haven't already, ask yourself and pray, what did you put in these areas to not feel this way? For me, I did drugs. I drank. I was promiscuous when I was younger. All of these things were part of my testimony. And why? Well, I, didn't, I, wanted, I was trying to fill these, and that never worked, obviously. You could have different cups in here for friends and things like that. But to identify what you're doing, and maybe what you're doing now, too. Because there is healing through this, and I'm, I don't know where you guys are at in your healing journey through trauma and hurt. But I do know some things kind of hang on sometimes. And there are some things that you have to be very careful of. And so when you begin to have awareness of your weakness and your compromises and your voice in your heart and what you're doing to put to fill that, you can be very mindful about what you shouldn't be doing to put that in there. For example, for me, with my dad, I have to be very careful about things like older men like giving attention to like their daughters because I want that. It's not a weird thing, but I just would really still like a dad figure to, to love me like that, you know, to be, and that's just something that's not going to happen. That's something that at 40, almost 43 years old, the Lord has said, this is, you know, it could just stay empty for a while. The Lord could easily fill it if he wanted to, but he hasn't. And so I have to be very careful with some things in my life because I know these areas of voids and weaknesses. And I know what was compromised in the past. And I know what I've done to fill them. Um, it doesn't have to be these unhealthy things either. It doesn't have to be drugs and alcohol and sex to fill these things up with. You know, there's people pleasing. There's all of these. There's a lot of things we can do, even as Christians, that are filling these emptinesses up. And so just take a moment and ask yourself, maybe you already did, what had you been doing? Maybe what you are doing to, to fill these emptinesses. And just kind of write it down. And this for sure will take more time outside of what we have to really go deeper. Um, but look at what you wrote down as far as what you're filling it with. And this is just for you. I mean, we can talk about these things in a minute. And I shared a little too. But these are the things that if you're still dealing with because of past issues, past abuse, past trauma, that still needs to get dealt with. So if the Lord has brought to awareness something that maybe you didn't know or something that you're filling these things with because of these compromises before, start dealing with them today. We can't be victorious in any of this if we don't know what we're dealing with. 
right? That's one thing I've really learned over the years that we need to have understanding. We need to identify these weaknesses, these voids and hurts in our life. Um, this is just one tool that I use that I found to be very effective to bring understanding. Nobody wants to come in and sit with somebody that knows it all, that's, you know, sit down if somebody's been abused by their dad or their brother or their cousin and say, wow, that guy's a really bad guy. No. But what they want to know is what is love? What is good love? What is bad love? So then they can understand, oh, what that happened to me, that wasn't good. According to the Bible, that was not good love. And I experienced something bad. And I need to understand that. And I need to process that. And then you can look at with mom and dad too. It's going to bring understanding to what was compromised in your life. Because if I sat down and just said, oh, you know, that guy, that girl did something bad, whatever happened, you know, if that's your your family member, it's very hard to challenge that, right? Um, but with this Holy Spirit, there, He's going to show you these things, and He's going to help you. And when you identify it on your own, that's when the real change comes. And so I do hope you guys can begin to identify these things in your own life to understand what's still going on in the past, to bring understanding to right now, and to heal. You need to know, too, what you're doing in this emptiness. Is. And then the next part is forgiveness. You know, when you go through these things, it's so easy to bring up these feelings of hurt again, to be uh, to feel kind of like what you felt way back with whatever happened. And that's why I just continue to remind people it's not for blame, but for understanding. Um, you have to understand. You have to identify these things so you can begin to heal and walk in victory in it. But part of that is the next part of this is which is forgiveness. Um, I think it's really hard to forgive things that have happened to us if you don't understand, if you haven't identified that in your life. Like, how can you forgive something if you don't really know what you're forgiving? Um, sometimes I think we like to put a blanket on everything, just like, oh, you did something bad to me, I forgive you, it's all good. But if you can identify very specific things that have happened, especially if there was trauma, especially if there was crisis or abuse in your life, then you can you know exactly what you're trying to forgive. The Lord is going to bring this to you. And it breaks that bitterness. And nobody wants to carry that bitterness around. Um, and anger and resentment and whatever else we're pulling with us. Um, because the ultimate goal is to have these cups, you know, cleaned out the way the Lord has wanted them. Like, we can't go back in time and make our dads and moms feel these things, right? And the Lord could fill them with himself if he chose but sometimes he doesn't and so what you will have to learn to do if he chooses not to feel these things like he has not done all of these things for me I have to be very mindful of what I do what I what I say what I bring into my heart and test it against these things against these compromises that I've had in my heart and be like am I doing this because I need to feel better about myself am I doing this because I'm lacking my heart's broken my heart's empty um it takes time, you know, it's not so easy, but I have to be very careful, and I think we all do, you know. Um, we have some time for questions and conversation, if you guys, let's see, what do you guys think? How did this, how did, um, how did your hearts go? What do your hearts look like? If you want to share, you don't have to, I know it's very personal, but...
what we do with this. Obviously, I love my mom and my dad very much. They yeah. Didn't have that, okay? They did the best that they could. Yeah. So I don't, I don't come in to a room of, say, it's, it's, it's a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous um, in recovery, and I'm not like some of the other women that come in where I hate my mother, she mm -hmm. did this, this, and that, and blah, blah, blah. I went through a lot of the same thing, and I don't have that. Yeah. Um, however, a lot of the cups are still, they're not, they're not filled, mm -hmm. right? And it's very, very easy for me to um, want to fill it with other things. I don't drink anymore, mm -hmm. but I can do it with other things. Yeah. I can do it with men, I can do it with shopping, I can yeah. do it with being too busy, procrastinating. I can fill these cups with so many other things yeah. because I don't want to fill. Mm -hmm. So what I want to know is, like you're saying, the forgiveness part, I can forgive, mm -hmm. but I don't want to feel it with anything that is that is not of God, right? Yeah. And i got to do this every day, all throughout my day, is to be mindful, like you say. Mm -hmm. Be mindful of it. You know, me too with my father. I am very attracted to older men mm -hmm. ever since I was little. And it could be an older woman too. Mm -hmm. um, I and not in a sexual yeah, just no. attention. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. because I feel safe. Yeah. I feel protected. Yes. And your heart will still desire those things. Those yes. desires don't go away like this healthy love. And we still want this. We're going to search out for this. Like you say, with husbands with anything we're still gonna desire this and if we aren't careful we're gonna find it in the wrong things and so it is tiring we do have to feel you do have to want to change these things in your life or it's just gonna stay the same you're gonna be battling all of this um, but I do love this type of study because I'm like it's very hard to to get away from what the Lord's showing you in these things you can either be like, I'm going to work in these things, Lord, or I'm not. Because now you know. You know a little bit, at least, about what these things you're lacking in. And now you have an opportunity to either say, okay, Lord, they're still empty. Please help me every day to keep them empty until you fill them. Or to clean them, continue to clean them. And it is hard sometimes. Every day. But yeah, some every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. And depending on your past and depending on what you've experienced, it could be harder for others than it is for some. Mm -hmm. Anybody else want to share? And it's so sad because it's not how what you wanted. It's not what God wanted. Just like I know for my mom, it's not what she wanted. And so as I go through this, I, I'm, you know, not to blame. Like as your kids yeah. begin to understand these things, not to blame, but for understanding because we live in this sinful world and these terrible things happen, compromises happen that create these voids and these hurts. That's what these are. 
this unhealthy love, that's a compromise of the heart. This lack of mom and dad doing the roles, a compromise of our hearts, of our kids' hearts. And it is sad. Because we don't want that. Watch. Yeah, because right. you don't want that. Yeah, and you do everything you can, like as a mom. So I'm like that mom that tried to do both, and I know I failed in all, but I tried. And, and so but to watch what mm -hmm. I already knew, because what I had, I yeah. knew what healthy was. And it killed me to watch mm -hmm. that they couldn't have that. Mm -hmm. you know, so for me, it's really hard to watch mm -hmm. them struggle with all yeah. this stuff. Yeah, it is. And that's why forgiveness is so, so huge. And for our kids to forgive us, too. Because, yeah, we're going to be part of this unhealthy side sometimes. And we're going to make compromises. And forgiveness, it's so hard, though. Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that I came. Yeah. Really, because I didn't know what to sign up for. And now I know why God has me here. Mm. I work with a lot of sponsors, and um, this right here is, it's like, so simple, yeah. but not easy. No, and you can take it as deep as you want. So these, the whole point of this is I hope you guys not just use it for yourselves. Obviously, this is victory and trauma, so any kind of trauma you have, you get more specific with yourself. Certainly, this is not the time to go through very serious things, and we just don't, I wish we did. But the Lord can help you through these things. Now you have this very easy, simple tool, biblical, to help you walk through this. If you're struggling with something in your past, of, for example, love did not protect, explore that with the Lord. Explore that. Go deep into it and let Him expose these things in your heart. I've sat with a woman for weeks just on love protects alone. Like, how simple is this? Love protects, but weeks. When she began to finally tell me what was going on in her life that her... Um, somebody in her family was sexually abusing her and a couple different people actually but her mom did not intervene and she might not have really known but because her mom was busy doing other things she wasn't there and so she was just not a safe person for this I wouldn't have known you know I wouldn't have known this but it was God's word that when we finally got to this, and I asked her, I'm like, tell me about, you know, how did your mom protect you? Like, what, what did that look like? I had no idea. She could have said anything she wanted, but she chose to be honest, and she chose to be vulnerable, and she was, everything came out. Everything. You know? You guys can use this. This printout Krista has, um, you take it. Use it with the women you disciple and counsel. Use it for yourself. Um, that's what we're here for, not just to make us be, you know, free and he begin the healing process, but to pour it out to others, too. And I hope you can use it. So we can ask Krista for this? Yeah, yeah. I did this, and I made it, I'm like, it's super easy, and just, it's God's word. Yeah. <laughs> just take it and use it. Um, do you guys, what else can, what else, did anything touch your guys' heart that maybe we haven't talked about, or do you have any questions? I think the biggest takeaway that I from all this I mean going through the, I've been walking with the Lord now for you know almost 30 years and he's healed so much along the way and so much of laid at his feet and even though I've taken it back and you know we have this you know full-on thing but just this this whole heart issue with the, the cups and filling that in and what did I really put in in those cups to fill that gap 
that made just to make myself feel better. Yeah. The compromises that I did along the way, maybe with my husband, or you know, the eggshell maybe that I was doing just to please him. What did I have? People mm -hmm. please in a certain situation. Yeah. Just to um, thinking that I was doing it to honor God, but really I wasn't because I wasn't communicating my heart to that individual, which when I should have communicated my heart. It was just a, it's just a reminder for me. I like I like that even with my own children. You know, like you're saying, the failures that I feel like. Um, you know, I, I, I say that, you know, they're adults now, they're doing, they're adulting, or the, you know, yeah. even though I see them falling flat on their yeah. face, am I hardening my heart towards them? Like, you know, oh, well, this is, you know, you got to, like, live in it type thing now. Am I, is that right, too? You know, I just, um, mm. I know God's word is, is faithful, and I need to be faithful in it, too, and still embrace the hurt. Yeah. And, and give it to the Lord and, and allow him to heal me and, and still... You know, because I have a tendency just to brush it aside, you know, and, and still move forward with it. Like, I don't want this to stop me, you know, I'm mm -hmm. very driven, you know, I want to move forward with it. But I do need to look at it as well and, like you said, go deeper into it yeah. and let the Lord um, heal me mm -hmm. in it. You, you don't realize it, you know. I like the cups. I think I can use those cups over and over again, you know. If, if it's not this issue, maybe it's something else. Yeah. You know, you, you have brought up church or maybe friends or where do I feel like they've let me down or whatever? I'm like, you know, um, <coughs> yeah. And it's important, like, like going to the root of this, you know. We can see some of the behaviors, I think, in ourselves. We're like, I don't really like that. Like, why am I doing that? But then to get to the root of why is really important. And I think this helps with that because you look back to understand what we're doing now in our present day, and so much comes from our past like how are we are with our husbands how we are with our kids and our friends and things like that and you can kind of see oh well, I'm still trying to fill that cup like for my dad you know I'm still trying to be like this because of my mom and you know or church or friends and so going back to understand right now is really helpful um, but it yeah it takes it takes time you have to want to do it Yeah, you. Yes, and I think yeah, please. Yeah, so for me, like, I would love to see more churches using things like this to counsel deeply. It's very easy. You don't have to be a trained person. You don't have to go get your doctorate to do this. 
you just need to use this in your like discipleship. So the relationship I had with this young woman, we were in a discipleship. Discipleship and counseling to me is very similar, very, you know, almost the same. I am trained in these things, but you don't have to be. And I, that's why I think things like this today take with you. If you're active in the church, use this in your counseling discipleship because you can take another woman through this. So when, like you said, you get triggered by something and you, you know, a lot of times we can't walk through it by ourselves. If we could, we wouldn't need all these, you know, we wouldn't need help. Like people see different things than we see in our lives. So, but if people had something, somebody, the church had something like this, then they could walk through it and it's available I mean take it into the church and use it um, and then go through it with them and so I'm new to this church so I don't know what but a disciple you guys have discipleship yeah, and stuff I, I don't see it, and that's why I'm asking about yeah this take it use it really we can train your people like all of that because I use it for discipleship yeah. um, we use it for a lot of things in our church back well the one that we planted back in Berlin and it's very helpful um, and there's a starting point, and then there's kind of an ending point, too, because you don't want it to kind of go forever. Yeah, there needs to be boundaries in it. And it doesn't take forever to train somebody in it, you know? But you do have to be able to be ahead of the person that you're counseling in this. So you do, you can't take somebody further than you've gone yourself. And so you have to be able to have gone through some of this, you know, to take the other person through as well. But we need to get going for lunch. It passed so fast, you guys. <laughs> Let me pray for us really quickly, Sorry, and then we'll go. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word, Lord Jesus, changes our lives. You expose things in our hearts. I pray for each and every woman here, Lord God, that as you just showed us what your word says about healthy love and godly love and what is not, Lord, you continue to just teach us, Lord, when we've experienced this and when we have not. And when we have not, Lord, what we've done um, in our hearts, Lord Jesus, that we shouldn't have been doing. And I pray, Lord God, that you just continue to work in that with us, and especially when we look back with our moms and dads' relationship, Lord, in relationship with our kids and husbands, Lord, that you'll just continue to work in these emptinesses in our hearts. What we've been, what has happened to us, what has compromised our hearts, what has created these voids and these hurts, Lord Jesus, you'll just expose this stuff, Lord Jesus, to us, that we can be victorious in it, that we can overcome, and we can help others to overcome as well. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today. We hope you find this content helpful. Hey, stay connected with us on Instagram and Facebook for all that is going on, um, on with When She Leaves. Hey, save the date, October 20th and 21st of 2023, as we have scheduled our big annual live event. We're going to be gathering and details will be coming out. And so I just want you to be able to pop that date on your calendar for now and plan on bringing your ministry teams for out for a weekend of refreshing, training, and connecting with one another. This year, our guest speaker will be Ruth Jo Simons. If you have not met Ruth yet, she's fantastic. Look her up on Instagram. She's an artist. She writes Bible studies. She's been a pastor's wife. We've had her out. She's fantastic. So join us for that. We'll see you next time.